Thank you. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I got my assistant there. Thank you, Lincoln. Uh, chuck it in the front. I feel like I'm too far away. So, I used to be a teacher many, many years ago, so I like illustrations so you can remember things, because otherwise you hear a message every Sunday and you're like, what, what, what was even said? And that was like two o'clock in the afternoon. You can't remember the message. So I like doing things so you can remember. But before I get into that, I really have had some things in my heart that I wanted to share with Kaitai campus this morning. So this isn't part of the message, and I just really sense that God wants to share, download some stuff. But before I go any further, so this is my wife Jody on the front row. Uh, our kids are hopefully behaving themselves out there. Uh, Jody and I are the campus pastors of the West Campus, um, which is the original Church Unlimited building place where, um, where we all started, where Church Unlimited started um, many, many years ago. And uh, Jody and I have been on staff, I think it's 16 years now, which is a long time. And we've been there and been part of everything that's going on. It's just great to be here. And really my heart today is, is not to preach a message, but impart more of who Church Unlimited is and what God is calling Kaitaia campus of Church Unlimited to really do. So the first thing that was really on my heart is on these flags here, there's this word called at the top. And I don't know if you've really heard much about them, but the word called is really important to Church Unlimited because everything that we do and everything um, that Pastor Tark leads from the front on isn't a good idea. It's actually something that's set apart and been really clearly said by God. And to even do campuses across the nation, that isn't been, oh, how do we grow Church Unlimited? Because that's not what it's about. God said, look, I, I want you to get out and I want you to start planning. I want you to start doing things. And that's something that has been part of who we are for a long time, as we are called. But there's something really important that you all need to understand. Who's Church Unlimited? Who's Church Unlimited? You can, you can say it. Who's Church Unlimited? We are. We're the church, right? It's not the building. It's not down in Auckland. You're Church Unlimited. And so when it says called, and that's our mission statement, called as an apostolic influence, as an hour of truth, all those things, we are called, which means you're called, which means God has called you to make a difference. God hasn't said, oh, I want the building to make a difference. No, God has actually called you and anyone who calls Church Unlimited their home church, God has actually set you apart. And there's a verse in Acts, and it's going to come up on the screen right now. And this is exactly what called means, okay? I know some of us don't bring a Bible. So this is where the thought called come from, comes from. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work of the ministry, which God has called them or asked them to do. And it's really important that we all understand that this isn't a good idea. This is God's idea for Kaitai. God has got a plan for this region. And the fact that you're here isn't by chance. You're here if you're planted in this place because God's got a purpose and God's got something for you to do. And I love what Emma was going into this morning just about how we need to see something change. We really do need to see something change. And, and my thought is once we get the understanding that you're not here by chance, even if this is your first Sunday but you're thinking about getting planted here, it's not by chance. You're here because God's got a plan. 
God's got a plan on your life and your family individually, but he's also got a plan and a purpose for us collectively to make a difference. And I think it's there's something that we have as a nation, and I'm not picking on Kai Tai because it's right from the Cape right down to the bluff, where we're like, oh, yeah, we're kind of a good nation. But see, right now, and, and I'm not making these up, I, I better, I, I'm pretty sure I, I know the numbers, 32,000 people every day are getting saved in Africa. 32,000 people. That's like, wow, how is that happening? Well, 35,000 people, they say, this is how they're averaging out, are getting saved every, not every week, every day in China. And do you know why it's happening? Because they are desperate for their friends and their family, their neighbours and their community to get saved. They don't want to do church on a Sunday. They want to see revival break out in their nation. Pastor Paul mentioned just before about we didn't come for 3 or 4%, which is basically the percentage of people who are saved in New Zealand. Well, do you know what? In India right now, a Hindu nation, they are over 10% born-again Christian. Not attending a Catholic church, born-again Christian. Because they've got desperate. They've got, they've got that revelation that we have to do something. Because if you don't do something about your neighbor, then who is? If you don't do something about your work colleague, who is? If, if you young guys aren't doing something about your friends at school, your friends at uni, who's going to do something? But the point is actually you're called to do it. And if we can grasp it and understand it, then once we understand that we're called, the next thing I want to say is it's time to get our desperation on. It's like something we need to actually put on and say, no, I'm getting desperate for this. Because the truth is, and the Bible makes it really clear, if people don't get saved, they're never going to know Jesus. And he's standing there waiting, but somebody needs to go. Somebody needs to be the hands and feet. And, and do you know who that somebody's got to be? It's got to be you guys. Because I, I go back home tonight. But you guys are the ones who are called and placed here in Kaitaia. And you've got to see that that is what God's called us to. Collective, not individually, but collectively, we're called to make a difference. And I love the fact of what God's doing here. Don't, don't get me wrong. This isn't a, you guys are do, aren't doing good. This is, man, look what God is doing here in Kaitaia Church Unlimited. I love the fact that, you know, Pastor Tark and I, we were the ones who came up and saw this place. And I've been coming along for... Well, the last, how's it, three and a bit years? Three and a half years, and just seeing the growth. And, and we're talking last night, Paul and Sally-Ann, and he was talking about different ones of you, and I haven't been for a while, and he's talking about families that I've never heard. And I walk in this morning, and there's a girl at the door, and I asked whether I'd seen her before, and her answer was, what, at the police station? That was the, that was the best, wherever she is, that was the best. I just love that. But I hadn't. And that's, what's great about that? is that means you guys are growing on new people. And don't get me wrong, this isn't saying, come on, do better. This is actually get an understanding that we, as Church Unlimited Kaitai, are called. But it's time for us to understand we need to do something about it. Because if Northland's going to get changed, it, we want to be part of it, right? And maybe we're called to lead the way. But we actually have to get desperate. And that's every one of us. Because who's going to see your family saved? You are. Who's going to see your neighbours safe? Well, if you don't go to them, I don't know who's going to do it. But we have to get desperate about it. 
I just want to say again, you have to get your desperation on. But there's one thing that really concerns me is the fact that we can't get a desperation on if we aren't actually building our relationship with God, if we aren't stirring things up. Because you can't go across to your neighbor and start talking about how amazing Jesus is if you haven't talked to him, if you haven't even prayed or read his Bible for the last two weeks. Or you don't even know where your Bible is because it's under a stack of clothes you haven't cleaned out, young people, for like two weeks. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You can't go and, go and be excited about Jesus if you, you actually haven't developed a relationship with him. And that's got to start. It can't start with, man, I'm so passionate about God, I'm going to go and tell my neighbor. But you haven't prayed at all. You know, you haven't even spent five minutes saying, God, can you just do something in my family? God, can you do... If you haven't done that, then it's like you're going over there trying to sell a product, but you don't even buy it yourself. You're not a good advertisement for Nike if you're always wearing Adidas. You know what I'm saying? I think you are. So that's why, and this is the next slide. Um, this is why right across every campus, we've got this thought of soul food. And I, Jody and I are just loving this because it's really challenging for us to really get into the Bible more than we ever have before. But I, I really want to say, I, my heart is getting to December this year and turn around and be saying right across Church Unlimited, we've had thousands of people who have actually opened their Bible so much more than they did the year before. I would love to say we've had thousands of people who have opened their Bible every day. I don't care what you've read. I don't care if you've only been reading two of the scriptures on the bookmark. But the fact that you've opened your Bible every day, that's building your relationship with God. That's getting to a place where you're knowing God in a deeper way. And you're like, Sam, that's not asking too much. Well, the point is, if you don't start, you don't get anywhere. So if you don't have a bookmark, if you don't have some way of doing it, and I don't care what you're reading, just being able to tick and say, I opened my Bible today. Hopefully, you, when you open your Bible, you read a couple of verses and maybe God spoke to you. But if you're not desperate enough for God yourself, you're never going to be desperate enough to make a change in your community. Does that make sense? So I want to get real practical. I've got some rocks here with me to help this out. I'm going to get some other props in a moment. But the problem that many of us face is we've got this thought of, I'm so busy. How do I fit God in? How, I'm so busy my life with my family and my work and my studies and my sport and, and then all the other things. How do I fit God in? How do I get it all in? And, and that's what I want to talk about today. It's like, how do I read my Bible? My life is just so full up. I've got so much going on. How do I do it? Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. Is that okay? You're allowed to say something in church. Okay. Is that all right? Okay, we're going to train you, okay? You've got to get involved, okay? Because church isn't a, a lecture. Church is about us getting stirred up. You know, and I think the person who hears the most from God when there's preaching is the preacher. You know, because they have to be dialoguing with God while they're preaching. But this is us together. Okay, so why don't we pray and just ask God to speak? Because my words aren't that good. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you that today in the next few moments, God, as we talk, as we look at your word, you're going to say something personally and individually to every one of us today. So I just ask right now that you really speak. God, open our ears to hear what you are saying, I pray in Jesus' name. We all said? Okay, that was about 50% of us. We'll get going. We'll keep going. Okay, uh, uh, my daughter, um, who you've seen running around, she just turned five late last year. And 
And we were having a, a party like you do for your five-year-old. And we, because um, at church there's a lot of people, we, we had a big party and all this kind of stuff. And it got to the end of the party and we're like, right, we've got to clean up now. So really, luckily, uh, Pastor Tark and Adrian, they took the kids home and left Jody and I at the church to pack up and pack down all the things. And, and so we packed up and then we went home and started packing everything away. And while Jody, because she's an amazing wife, she was doing all these cleaning stuff and I'd done everything I could because I'm pretty useless. Um, I, I sat down at the kitchen bench and you know it was Emma's birthday and she'd been going along to this Christian kindy and we opened and they'd given us a portfolio of all the things she'd done over the last five years. And you know what? I was sitting down at the bench and I was flicking through it. And all of a sudden, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. All of a sudden, I was flicking through and I started to have this thing come out of my eye. And it wasn't just a crocodile tear. I started to cry. And this wasn't like a sad movie cry. This was like, I'm crying like a baby. I'm just, Jody's laughing because she saw it. And like, I'm sitting there flicking through this book. And I'm crying my eyes out. And I'm genuinely crying my eyes out. And I don't cry. Even these silly movies that Jodie watches, they don't make me cry at all. But I'm literally weeping. And I'm there, I'm flicking through this portfolio of all these things. And I'm, I'm weeping. And Jodie comes down and she looks at me and goes, are, are you all right? And I no. I, I, I was just losing it. And, and I tried to put it down and move. And I just couldn't stop. And, and see, in that moment, while I was thinking about those guys, in that moment, it hit me. She's five, Zach's seven. Where's that time gone? Not, not where's that time gone, like growing up, but where's that time gone? What have I done? Have I been a good father? What have I done with that time? Have I made a difference? Have I been there? Look at all the stuff that Kindy's done with her while I've been at work, but what have I done? Have I left a deposit? Have I been good? Have I been the father that I've been asked to be? And that thought of time and not ever being able to get any of those years back and the fact that actually I'm called, yes, I'm called to make a difference, but first of all, I'm called to be a dad. I'm called to make a difference. And honestly, it hit me and I, I was crying away, but I don't ever want to forget. I don't ever want to forget that moment because that is what life's about. It's about making the most of time. And, and making the most of the time that we've given. And, and today, what I want to talk about is being intentionally all in. So I've got these jars that I'm going to use and, and talk about. So I'm just pulling them up here. And this isn't about being a parent. This is about using our time wisely. Ugh, they are a bit heavy. They actually are heavy. So Moses, in Psalm 90 verse 12, said to us, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. Moses was saying two statements here. Number our days and spend them wisely. Let me tell you something. If you're a kid and it's coming up to Christmas, you number your days. You know that there's 12 sleeps till Christmas. You know that there's five sleeps till Christmas. But you know who's worse than a kid numbering their days? It's a bride before their wedding. The groom, he's got no idea. He just knows he has to dress up. But the bride, she knows that there's like 62 days and she's counting down. That is numbering your days. That's being really aware of the time, the time that you've got. 
So Moses is saying, teach us the number of days. But also he talks about help us to spend them wisely. Help us to spend them. And that's a real interesting thought because when we think spend, we think money. But I think now we need to start thinking time. Help us to number our days, but help us to spend them wisely. And you're thinking, Sam, this is a very, very practical thought. Does this even belong in church or should this be a lecture I hear at uni? Well, what I want to say is anything to do with time because our life and our time on earth is a gift from God. So anything to do with time is a spiritual matter. Do you, do you understand that? How you spend your time, how you use your time is a spiritual matter. So let's just think about this thought of spend. Now, if you're like me, I like getting a bargain. Who likes getting a bargain? Now, who likes spending time on Trade Me? Yeah, Lincoln definitely. Um, I want to say we can save like $10 or $20 hunting around the shops, but it's taken us two hours to save that $10. Was that spending our time wisely? Are we putting more value on our money than our time? You, you know what I'm talking about here? We, we, we treat money like it's this precious commodity, but man, time is so valuable. And we have to actually start thinking, actually, time is a gift. Time is something that we can't get back and we need to be really clear about how we're gonna spend our time and what we're gonna do with them, do with it. And that's the problem is, you know, we're so conscious about our money that we forget about our time and what we're gonna do. And that's what really hit me when I was looking at that portfolio is how can I not be as concerned about my money but be more concerned about my time? Because I can go and earn more money, but I can't go and earn more time. And that's what Moses was trying to tell us here is, hey, let's be careful. You know what's really interesting? We have a bank accounts, and nowadays, I don't know what bank you bank with, but nowadays you have an app on your phone, and you can check your bank balance whenever you want. And we can see how your wife has been spending it, going shopping every day. You, you know what I'm talking about? You can do. But I want to say maybe it's time we got a new account on our phone, somebody should make this, a TSB account, a time savings bank, where we can actually see how we're spending our time. Are we investing it in the right places? You know, we talk about investing money, but we invest our time. We invest our time into the right things or to the wrong things. And how are you spending or investing your time? It's a really good question that you need to think about. Because who's heard the statement, time is money? Yeah, one hand, but that's all right. Time is money. You need to get that revelation that time is money, and that is so important. It's just so important to understand that time is money. And I want to say, you know, most of us wear a watch, and we look at our watch and go, what is the time? You've probably looked at your watch a few times since I've started preaching and gone, man, he's gone for a long time. I think we need to stop asking ourselves, what is the time, and start asking our question, what am I doing with my time? Because that's the question. What are you doing with your time? Are you making a difference? Are lives being changed? Is it being spent wisely? And I think what you're all thinking is, I know this, but that's the point. We know it, but do we do it? Now, this graph up here, you may have seen it before. It's, got, it's slide number six. See, this is the issue. As Christians, we think that the more we no, the more we do, and that our life is like the white line. 
that our knowledge increases, so our obedience increases. But see, this is the reality. In the Western world especially, we learn, learn more, but we don't do much more. And our life more looks like the red line. We, we keep knowing, but we don't do. And that's what today I want us to look at, is how do we start doing the right things? So if we come over to this jar here, I'm going to talk about more specifically your time. Now, I hope you can see this. These jars kind of represent your life, your time, whether it be a week, whether it be a month, whether it be your entire lifetime. But that's the time you've got. And these white stones here, no, they're not mints. Somebody did try to eat one of them, but they're not mints. Um, they're stones. These stones represent all the fun things we do in life, all the things that we like to do, but aren't so, so important, like shopping, like sport, like Facebook. Young people, like Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. For some of you, all these stones in here represent all your time on Instagram. And you're just on there the whole entire time. You know what I'm talking about? So it's your phone, it's watching TV, it's going to the movies, it's socializing, it's all these things. And, and the thing is, God's not against these things. God wants us to have these things, but they're really, they, they fill up our time. And then we come along and we, we go, oh, on top of all those things, we've got other things that we need to put in, like important things, and we kind of put them in there. And so probably I've mentioned this morning, we put our family in. Then if you're studying or you're studying or you're learning or something, you put your study time in and you put that into your time jar. What's probably important? Oh, your wife? Yeah, oh, big stone or little stone? Little stone. I don't want to get in trouble, okay? So we put our wife in the jar, or, or our husband, your spouse, you know, you put that in. Then, um, so family, study, wife, probably work. We shouldn't forget work. That's kind of important. We put, we put that in the jar, and then um, probably like the extended family, that's quite important. It's just fitting in. And then, what else is important? Oh, someone, I, I want to say church. Church, we, we put church in, we come along to church, we serve at church, we do things, ooh, it's just fitting in. We put church in there. Um, what else have we forgot? Oh, like exercise, looking after ourselves? That's kind of, ooh, oh, what about God? Because I want to say church and God, they're similar but they're different because you can go to church and have no relationship with God. And, oh, I can't fit it in. And to be honest, we're hardly even fitting looking after our body. That's not happening. And we, you know, we just can't fit it in. And, and this is the problem is that we treat it wrongly. We, we put all the white stuff in first and we put the priority on that, that we end up leaving out the important things. And we go, I don't have enough time. Who said I'm too busy this week? Man, I think I say it every day. You know, who's saying, man, I don't have enough time to do that? Well, the answer is we all don't have enough time. Look at it. We can't even fit in the important things. So what do we do? What do we do about it? How do we do it differently? See, and I call the message being intentional with our time. We need to be really clever and go, no, how am I going to put things first? 
And that's where we come to a very well-known and important verse, Matthew 6, 31 to 33. Now, you'll remember 33, but let me read from the start. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? That's a white stone. Who thinks about what they eat all the time? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek or go after. And the Gentiles are talking there, it's talking about the unchurched. But then it goes on, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these white stone things. The Bible's saying in Matthew here, God knows we need the white things, but what does he say? But seek, be intentional, put God first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I want to demonstrate that verse. While we leave that verse up there, okay, we're thinking about putting God first. Okay, so... God rock in first. Don't break the jar. I've done it before and had to go and buy another one. Put God rock in first. Okay? Then we probably put, what's the probably the next most important? I want to say we put our family. Put our whanau in there. Then, which one was the wife rock? Put, you can't leave your wife rock out. It does not work. Okay? It will end very badly. So, you know, you put that in. Now, we've got the God rock. We've got the family rock, we've got the kids rock, you know, the wife rock. I, I, I think it was this exercise. If you don't look after your body, time's over, time's out. It, it's gone. You've got to look after yourself. But then I do really want to say, church, we've got God in there, but you've got to, if you're not doing with other people, you're not doing life group, you're not doing those, you can still fit it in. Okay. Now, some people, and this is a really bad mistake, they forget about Things like work. You've got to have work in there or else that doesn't work. It really doesn't work. But you put these things in, then um, what have I forgotten? Oh, well, so exercise, family, kids. Oh, you know, your whole extended family, your community, that kind of thing. That is actually important. You've got to have that in. Okay, you've got to put all the, but what did we do? We put the God rock in first. We're putting the important things in. You're seeing this? Now, young people, Study. Okay, that doesn't get left out. It gets put in. Okay, we put the study in. And then you've got to watch this. Now, see, we've got all the important things in, and then we've got all the Facebook, all the movies, all the Fortnite stuff. But, see, God's not against it. He's just saying, seek me first. Put me first. Put the important things first. And then watch what happens. I'm going to have to yell for a second. Because these stones are actually heavy. Okay, this is what's really important about that verse. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added. How much Facebook do you watch? That was Fortnite, guys. You can leave that one out. Okay. TV. Going to the gym. If you put God first, if you seek God first and prioritize and put the things 
God wants you to enjoy life, but you've got to put him first. And here's just a little touch at the end. If you put God first and you put everything else in, there's still enough time for golf. Now, I really want you to get and see this. This is so important. If you put God first, if you put God there in the box, you don't leave him out, everything else can be added. That's what God is saying here. If you want to see your community change, you can't put Facebook first. If you want to see revival break out in Northland, you can't leave the important things out. You've got to put the important things in first and then God adds everything else. Do you understand? And if you, can, if you cannot know this but get a revelation of this and wake up every morning and go, look, I'm actually going to get into my word and know that I'm going to pray every day and put time to your family and do those things, God will add everything else. God wants you to have fun. Maybe that's the revelation, but the fun is going to be better when you put God first. We've got to be intentional with our time and then we bring change. See, God has called you to make a difference. God has called you to have fun. God has appointed you to be his light out there. But you've got to put God first and know that when you do that, life will be better than when you leave him out. And life will be more fun and everything will be added in there. But you've got to see God first. Are you getting it? Now, I just want to finish with one really interesting scripture, Ephesians, so next, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. And it says this, be very careful then how you live. Live, spend your time, be very careful, be intentional with your time, not as unwise but as wise, redeeming the time, which is like accounting for your time. If you look at the word redeeming in the Hebrew, it actually is like an accounting term. So it's like add up your time, have an account of your time. So redeem the time, why? Because the days are evil. That not, that's not saying that all the white stuff is evil, what it's saying is that everything in society is going to be pulling you to spend your time on the white stones. And we have to be aware of that. Everything in society, not the devil, just society in general is going to be dragging you to do the things that aren't important. Just dragging you to not spend time with your family. Dragging you to not get into the Word of God. But we have to be aware if we spend our time if we invest the time right, God will add everything and there will be time. More than anything today, I hope you can see that I'm saying, look, God's got the best for you. But if you put him first, he's the one that looks after it. He's the one that sorts it out. If you put him first, everything will fit in. Yes, life will still be busy and full, but it'll be exciting and it'll be ordered in the right way because you can fit it all in. Is that all right? I just want us to pray. Is that all right? Because today it's not about a great message. It's about a revelation. Can everyone just close their eyes for a moment? Father, this morning, God, we know that you're challenging us right from the first song, that you've called us, that you've set us apart to make a difference in our communities. God, in this region, God, you've called us individually and in his families, but also as a church to make a difference. And right now, God, I just release that. 
God, I release that first, that revelation. God, that you've called us to see people saved and see people invited to church and, and limitless, and you've, you've placed that calling upon our lives. Father, and we want to be more effective with that, and we want to order it right, and we want to put you first. God, we want to be aware that you've given us the keys to do that. God, and I just release that revelation across this room. God, that we can put you first. And as we put you first, God, you work it out. You work out how we can be the best mother or father. You work out how we can be the great employee you've called us to be or the best student you've called us to be. Father, and that we can still enjoy life because that's what you've said, that you'll add it all. God, give us that revelation. God, I just release that right across the room right now in Jesus' name. You know, I really sense God's doing something. I really do sense that for some of you, it's like, it's not like you have to throw everything out, but just a slight reordering and God's gonna break out in your life. Just a slight reordering. And, and you know, right now, individually, you're thinking of actually, I can change that order around. I can do that slightly differently. And all of a sudden, you're gonna have a better family environment. You're going to start making more of a difference at school. You're going to see God pour out His blessing on your grades and your exam results because you're putting God first. And it's not changing your whole life. It's just the slight reordering. And right now, before we sing, I want everyone to close their eyes because there's something that's really, really essential in all of this. See, the thing is, even though I've been talking about time, the essential element in all of this is God. If you don't have God first, it doesn't work. Because God created us as individuals, as humans, to have a relationship with Him, to know Him, to walk with Him every day. And I have no idea what your weeks look like. I've got no idea what's going on. But I do know this. If you don't have a personal relationship with God, you don't have His power in your life every day. But on top of that, you don't have His peace and His direction leading you and if you want to know what you're called to if you want to know what life is all about it starts in one person and it starts in Jesus and it starts with knowing Him not knowing about Him but knowing Him and this morning as we close off the service if you're here and you don't know Jesus not you don't know about Him but you don't know Him personally then I'd love to pray with you I'd love to lead you in a prayer that will change your life and right now, as no one's looking around and the church is praying, and the reason they're praying is because they're here and they know the power that's found in a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that, or maybe you once had that, but today you know you're away from God, you know you're not right with God, then I'd love to pray with you. So if, if you're backslidden, if you know you need to get right with God, or maybe today's your, your first time in church, this isn't about joining a church. This is about getting right with the one true living God. So as no one's looking around, if that's you this morning, you're saying, Sam, please pray with me. I need, I want to know Jesus. I don't want to know about Him. I want to know Him as a person. I want Him to forgive my sins because I've done wrong. If that's you, I just want you to simply raise your hand so I can see it.